Ah, let's play a game. Hey guys, Blaine J here. Before the the show starts, uh, just want to say we, you know, due to a lot of things we weren't able to do uh, the normal show. We kind of just had a little off-topic thing going on. It was pretty cool. Um, I did want to talk just a little bit about Bitcoin because this will be the last time that I'm going to get to talk about it at all before the show actually occurs so i believe it starts on april 29th the 30th if if i'm wrong i'm sorry it's it's at the end of the month i know that i'm going to be there many other people brent and nick from the rpg show are going to be there i believe anderson is coming there may even be some other surprise guests you never know um so if you're anywhere in the oklahoma city area and you like video games and of course you fucking do because you're listening to me talk right now you need to be at bitcon it's incredibly cheap it's like what 20 bucks at the door or something there's going to be vendors all over the place you'll be able to see a lot of youtube stars that sort of thing if you're into that you know uh there's always been like alpha omega sin and pro jared and the game chasers and uh, norm the gaming historian and a bunch of others there uh this year they're also going to be having mark summers from Double Dare and What Would You Do and a bunch of other childhood shows. I'm sure you remember. Really great guy. Mark Summer's going to be there. You never know who's going to show up. You know, I met Thor Ackerland there. Usually uh, PSP. Patrick Scott Patterson is usually there every year. I believe he's based out of the Texas area. So there's no telling who you might meet, what you might see, what deals you might find. I found some tremendous deals in the past. Bought Panzer Dragoon Saga. Um, got it relatively cheap because I was able to trade things to the vendors. That is encouraged. You can bring a backpack full of your magic cards, full of your games, your extra stuff that you want to get rid of. It's a great time to be a collector during Super Bitcoin. So be sure to show up for that. I did want to talk to BC Phillips about the show itself. I, I never did get around to uh, stapling him down for an interview. He is a great guy. I've dealt with him in the past. He's going to be there, of course. Uh, really good dude. He's, he's putting on my absolute favorite show. I go to it every year. Um, if you see me, you know, or any of the guys, Brent, Nick, etc., we're all going to be sporting the same shirt. I believe it will have our... Uh, logos on the back and a design that i uh, created on the front um we're going to be pretty hard to miss i think so yeah if you see us definitely come up definitely talk to us you may even get some kind of swag you never know please we'd love to hear from you anyway on to the actual show and again i am sorry <laughs> it is a little bit off topic um, we do talk a lot about video games uh, I was drinking a little bit in there so that should be fun always fun when you're a little buzz podcasting but um, anyway I think you guys are going to like it onto the show Hey everybody, welcome to yet another edition of Is It Worth It? The podcast where we, you know, talk about video games. Generally we talk about rare and valuable games, or just games in general. Tell you whether or not we feel it's worth it for their current eBay price. This week we were going to be doing the game Code Veronica, but because of circumstances, etc. And we may get into that in the show. Um, 
I wasn't able to play Code Veronica very far, and now we're kind of at a deadline. we got to get something out there, and James had the idea that we might do uh, some kind of an interview or just general dialogue about video games and whatnot. And that sounded good enough to me. As long as we're getting some kind of content out there, I feel like we're doing our job. Um, anyway, with me, as always, is my host, James Milholland, and I'm going to be turning it over to him at this time. Hello, everyone. Um, What's up, James? Here we go. Well, we're going to be talking a lot about video games. So I mm. hope you haven't hung up your iPods or turned off your computers just yet, because I promise you it's going to be a good show. I think it will All be. Right? Uh... Here it is. It's going to be fantastic. <laughs> uh, Blaine, i got a series of questions I'm going to ask you. All right. None of them are yes or no questions. They're all <laughs> meant to just spur conversation. Absolutely. Yeah. Who knows where we're going to end up? Right. So let's, uh, let's see how we do here. Okay, sounds good. Um, first one's pretty general. All right. I want you to take yourself back about, oh, I don't know, 15, 20 years and imagine you're driving across the country. Okay. And you have to bring along some original Game Boy games. Oh, man. What, what Game Boy games is young Blaine going to have to help pass the time? Well, you know... That's that's interesting. You're talking about the old brick, I assume. Um, I want the old brick. Yeah. yeah. Retro. Well, oddly enough, like I, th- I think we've talked about it a little bit before regarding the brick. Uh, I didn't pick one of those up until I was, I guess it would be about 20 years ago. Um, I was maybe 15 or so, and it had died in what, I think they quit making games for it, like 94 or something like that, 95. I can't recall. It was it was pretty. It ran oh, pretty gosh. late. It's been a long time. Yeah, because yeah, they they had intended, if you recall, to end it once they created the Virtual Boy. That was a huge flop. Mm-hmm. So they extended it another X amount of years. I know it came out in 1989, which would put me at nine years old. Um, and yeah, I don't think I got one until I was like 15, 16, somewhere in there. And the only game that I had for it at the time was. Um, uh, the Legend of Zelda, Link to, or not a Link to the Past, uh, Link's Awakening, and that an is game. a superb game. And I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of disappoint some listeners here regarding the original Brick. Um, I really don't own a lot of games for that system, James. I have blasphemy. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Currently, I have, and and some of these are just because. Uh, I, I found them for a nickel or whatever. I have maybe 10 or 15 games for the system in its entirety. I have quite a few Game Boy Advance games. I have uh, quite a few uh, Game Boy Color. I've got a ton of DS games. I love the DS. As far as the original Brick, I've, I've got, of course, Link's Awakening. I've got um, DuckTales. So that, that's a pretty good game. I've got uh, Kirby Star Stacker. I've got a Pac-Man. Um... I have one of the Wizards and Warriors games. Um, but if I could choose any game to be able to play on the original Game Boy, one of the ones that I've always wanted to play but never got a chance to was uh, Metroid Zero Mission, I believe it's called, or Metroid 2. I think it's called one mm-hmm. or the other. Metroid and 2. Metroid 2, okay. And uh, the the thing that prohibits me from having bought a copy is like the damn thing is like, what, 100 bucks or something now? It's ridiculous. And as such... I haven't, you know, I haven't picked it up. I'm a big Metroid fan, uh, especially the older stuff. I mean, Super Metroid is like, I don't know, for you, James, that's um, the height of, like, retro 
uh, Castlevania, Metroidvania type of games. Like Super Metroid to me is the best, followed by probably Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Um, I love games of that nature, and those two are, to me, the best two uh, of, of the genre, if you can even call it a genre, you know. But um, oh yeah. No, I have Castlevania. I have the bad one. There's a couple of Castlevania games. There's like Castlevania Adventure, which is like the cheap, shitty one, I think. And I don't have the other one, the one that's actually considered to be good. And I'd like to play that as well. Other than that, I can't... Personally, I can't think of anything like on the original Game Boy that, that I love a lot. Of course, people are you know going to say, what about Tetris or whatever? Like For me, Tetris never was a game that... Um, really struck a chord with me like i understand its appeal i understand like the appeal of all those type of games columns etc etc you know all the knockoff games that came about dr mario you know they're all they're all good games they're fun in their own right the only one that of that type that i ever got into for any length of time was uh lumines or lumines i think it's pronounced for uh the psp and that was more to unlock the different music than it was the actual gameplay which really was just <coughs> tetris again um yeah, I, I can't think. I know there's some games I really wanted to play for the original um, Game Boy. Well, um, Gargoyle's Quest, that's another one that I always wanted mm-hmm. to play. I own the one for the NES. Um, you know, I'm primarily when it comes to uh, to handheld or, or any games, really, but especially handheld games, I really want to get something that's going to take a while. I don't like playing, like, things that have like puzzle platformers and stuff that have uh, sheer drops and stuff like that because it's such a small screen it's hard to correct and to do things correctly for me I don't know if that's a problem you or others may share but like I I don't like those type of games on that I want a real big screen to be able to see like as far ahead as possible I don't want enemies popping out on me you know uh, behind hidden corners and such uh, so I really go for those RPGs even more than I normally would. Um, I, uh, that said, I would like to play Mega Man games on there as well, Mega Man 5 in particular. Um, but yeah, these, you know, I just got in it so late, it wasn't a system I really started collecting for. And then by the time I thought about trying to collect for it, uh, a lot of the games I wanted to play were so cost prohibitive that I felt my money was better spent in other systems, you know what I mean? Um <laughs> Uh, what are some games that you would recommend, James? Oh man, well, um, you know, I've I was a big fan of the Final Fantasy Legend series, mm-hmm. as we've uh, addressed previously on the show. Um, the one of my original game, I got this thing, I think, when it first came out. Like it was Christmas. Maybe 1990, I guess. Maybe, maybe 89. I, I think know. it was 89, but, but uh, 90 was widespread. Yeah. That might have been when I got it, yeah. Um, but the two big games I, I think I, I first got was you know the original Super Mario Brothers, Super Mario World. Oh yeah, those those are good, um, which is a great game. Yeah, I need to get that. And when I first got it, you know, it was it was tough for me. I was you know I was you know six years old. It's kind of tough to wrap my head around. But <laughs> as I kind of grew up and kept you know trying that game out every once in a while, that was a that was a good one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Let's see. There's a Spider-Man game that I liked. The Metroid game uh, you mentioned, I did like. It was, I think, I think, I believe there was no map available. Like there was oh, no yeah. selectable map in the game, which made it mm. extremely hard. And I think somewhere I have like the whole thing drawn out on grid paper. If I ever find it, I'll mail it to you so you can buy the game. <laughs> nice. It'll save you a lot of time. Yeah, I bet. Um, 
but to, to follow up now, since you know this is this was perfect, this got me thinking of other questions to ask you. Oh, sure. Um, have you ever played? Going off of Link's Awakening, mm. um, have you played Oracle of Seasons or yeah. Oracle of Time? Yeah, it's Oracle of uh, yeah. It's is it time? Time and Seasons is that what it is? I have time, both ages, ages and seasons. ages and seasons. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I have both box complete. That is that's the other thing I, okay. I failed to mention regarding uh, Game Boy collecting, like. I, I'm looking up at my Game Boy games that are box complete uh, on the wall here, and I've got a bunch of Game Boy Advance games, uh, a handful of Game Boy Color games, and they're all box complete. I hate not having boxes to Game Boy games for whatever reason, and that's another prohibitive thing regarding Game Boy collecting is I have to get the box with it, and the box games cost so much more than the loose little carts, and maybe I just need to just... Be like, okay, get over yourself, Blaine. Just buy the loose carts. You need to get more invested into the system. Because um, I have one boxed complete original Game Boy game, and that's 007. And that's actually kind of a fun game. I, I will kind of recommend that. It's kind of a almost RPG in the way that it plays. It's it's pretty nifty. And and uh, it had a little Easter egg in it, too. I, I popped it in uh, the Super Game Boy, which... For the listeners that don't know what that is, that's a device that you would pop into your Super Nintendo, and then you could put a Game Boy game card in there, and it would play it on the big screen. And certain games would actually have a uh, uh, additional features if you played them through the Super Game Boy, and apparently 007 was one of those games, and it would appear on the screen on your TV as though you were looking down the barrel of a gun, just like in the opening sequence of most James Bond movies, and I thought that was just like, whoa, mind blown, you know, it was a really cool little added yeah. thing. And, and there's a few other games that do that, is my understanding, that have additional stuff on there as well. Um, as far as seasons and ages i've played through seasons i only got ages this past year because i'd been looking for a long time for a box complete copy and strangely when it comes to um game boy game boy color all, all the old paper box variants that uh that you're looking for when you look on ebay um the the price of a game might be $25, say, just out of my hat for game A box complete, whatever it might be. Um, and then you go on eBay, and if it's relatively rare or whatever, and a lot of times being boxed makes it relatively rare, regardless if it's rare or not, or if it's relatively sought after, as in the case with Zelda, um, it drives the prices up astronomically for a box complete one and if it's rare then it, you know even if it's a uncommon five dollar game normally if you've got the box and the manuals and everything with it it might go up to 100 bucks or at least that's what the seller is going to want for it and there might not be one on there for months at a time this is actually uh something that came up recently i was looking for a box complete copy of uh, deja vu for the game boy color um because it's actually two games it's deja vu the one that we've all played on the original nintendo and then it also has deja vu 2 which never appeared on any other platform here in the states other than pc i think and i wanted of course box complete and they only come up you know maybe one or two at a time and every time they do they want way more than it's actually worth so it's kind of 
you got to wait until you get the one guy that's like, look, I just need to get rid of it and get lucky and snag it. And that's what finally happened with uh, Ages. And I haven't got a chance to play it yet. I am looking forward to it because it's my understanding that the two games actually link together via a password system, right? Um, like if you beat one. Yes. Yeah. They are linked to, yes. I, have, I, haven't, I haven't beat either of them. I think I, I don't know okay. which one I own, honestly. I brought it from a friend, and the friend like moved away. I, was, I felt still feel terrible to this day. But oh, I no, you don't. That's free video games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I played it, and I, I didn't like it. I think it's Oracle of Seasons. Um, yeah, that's one I played through, and that's great. I do like the game. I just it has, uh, what, three characters in it that, depending on which they're like uh, animal helpers or something, and depending on which one you choose, mm-hmm. you can do different things. You've got like a bird that can fly you over things, and then a Zora that can swim you up things, and then a kangaroo that can jump over things. And it's my understanding that it's gener- generally regarded that the kangaroo is not worth it, and uh, that you either want the chicken or the Zora, but the Zora can get you literally everywhere that the chicken can't, and you can make Managed to get to the other places or whatever. I don't even know if it's a chicken. Some kind of flying something, I think, that can uh, fly you over little short areas or whatever. Um, I'm, I'm talking off the top of my head. It's been, what, 15 years since I played the motherfucker. But, um, and then, yeah, if you link the two at the yeah. end, they have some kind of thing where you can link equipment, certain type of equipment between them. Also, if you play the games on a Game Boy Advance... Um, rather than a Game Boy Color, there's additional content in the way of at the beginning of the game, there'll be a special shop that'll sell you a ring that is otherwise not obtainable in the game. So that's kind of nifty. The shop people say, oh, I see you're playing on the uh, Game Boy Advance rather than a Game Boy Color. I have uh, additional wares for you or whatever, and then you'll be able to buy the ring. Um, and they're different rings for the two different games as well so once you do link them together you can get those special rings that you can't get it otherwise so i would recommend anyone that's thinking about playing either of those games to to play them through the advance um yeah and you know i'm looking at my collection i've got like those two i've got the minish cap i've got the three castlevanias um breath of fire the two golden suns fantasy star uh, metroid uh, tactics over riviera you know all these like all the titles that to me are must-haves the dragon warriors mario and luigi super saga lunar uh, broken sword i see up there i don't know i've got a whole i got a whole bunch anyway um and I have to have them box complete. Uh, for me, like I, it's nothing is uglier than a, just a big tub of games, you know. And unfortunately, like because Game Boy games are so small, they don't have a label on the top of them, so you can't just like put them all in a shoebox and from the top be like, oh, this is this, this, this is, you know, like you can with a Nintendo cart. So a lot of times, even even if I found something that I wanted. Now, if it was loose over the years, I'd be like, nope, can't can't get it. And I kind of wish I had, you know, in some ways. And I'm kind of glad I didn't others because I spent that money on games that were complete, probably. Um, the same is true for most systems except for cartridge-based, a lot of cartridge-based systems like the Nintendo, the, the Sega Genesis, stuff like that. Like, I'm not as adamant about, like, oh, I need to have all the pieces with this, you know. But with Game Boy games, certainly, it was like, no, I've got to have that fucking box. PSP is another one. Like, I, I don't want to lose UMD. You know, that's trash to me. Um, any any CD-based game, any uh, PlayStation 2, PlayStation, um, 
Sega CD, anything like that. If it if I don't have all the little things to go with it, I don't really want it. You know, there I've got some that I don't consider to be in my collection. That like I own Batman Returns for the Sega CD, for instance, and I don't even consider that as part of a collection. Like I don't label that as like hey, I own it because I I don't feel like I do. You know, I've got a disc that'll play in the Sega CD. Whoop de doo, but it looks like crap on a shelf. You know, and yeah. Anyway. Went off on a rant. Sorry, buddy. It begs the question, like, what are these people, what are these people, like, that they buy a game, that's a CD, that's mm-hmm. fragile, like, what do they do with the case? They throw the case away and then just stick it in, like, an old, like, um... CD, yeah, that's just, what happens yeah, a lot. Vinyl CD case, like, I don't, I just, you know, like, same thing with, like, you know, Sega games, like, mm-hmm. what are you doing, throwing away that box? Like, that's beautiful box art, or at least, I, you know, it's a safe place to keep it. That, um, that's a good question. I don't know what, regarding Sega, I don't know, because you've got that clamshell and it's really nice and it's like, why wouldn't you save that? Now, there are some games that came in cardboard form. The same can be said for the Sega CD. You know, you've got those oversized jewel cases, but there were about a dozen, maybe a few more games that came in a uh, cardboard box. The aforementioned uh, Batman Returns was one of those games. And so, yeah, a lot of times people would toss those out. And unfortunately, with like Game Boy, they're all the original Game Boy stuff all the way through Game Boy Advance were these stupid chintzy paper boxes that most people tossed out um including myself up to a point yeah, including me yeah yeah and I, then what's I was it got pretty good to, about my like old nes games keeping the yeah. boxes and keeping everything complete but mm-hmm. super nintendo like i'd hold on to the box for a while then my mom would scream at me to clean things up and that would usually get swiped away in a yeah. big pickup but i kick myself every day for that but yeah me too none of my sega games i mean all my sega games still have the original boxes yeah but i do uh, i do wonder with like say like you were saying playstation or playstation 2 what the hell are you doing you know um i did go through a phase you know i've been i've been collecting games since i was a a literal kid you know there's really been no no point where i didn't have some form of game collection now when i was a kid it was relatively small obviously but by time i was i'd say 20 or so i probably owned 50 playstation games and you know maybe 25 Super Nintendo, something like that, maybe 100 Nintendo games, you know, stuff like this. And what I did, and it seemed so ludicrous to me at the time with my PlayStation games, is instead of, like, lining them up on a shelf all in their cases, I took them all out of their cases, and I took the manuals from the front page, and I bought one of those CD wallets like you would buy at, like, a Hastings or a Best Buy or whatever, mm-hmm. and I would put all the manuals in there and then the CDs beside it on these wallet, and it was all listed. I had it indexed and stuff, and I had this one big book that had all my games in it. And I don't know, I mean, I guess the idea was like, oh, I can have them all in one place and just pull down this wallet and be able to play whatever I want. Um, yeah. And I, I remember distinctly thinking, well, I don't really need these cases anymore. And there was, there was a moment where I almost threw them all away, you know, the 50 or so PlayStation games I had. And we're talking some rare shit. You know, I had, from back then, I still have, like, Seacoden uh, 2 and, uh, I don't know, Valkyrie Profile mm-hmm. and some other, like, big-name big, big name games. And, um, yeah, I would have just tossed that all in a dumpster, you know. I, I came very close to doing it, and then I thought, well, you know, I'll just put them in a box and put it in the closet. And about five years later, when I got a little more serious about collecting, I was really glad that I had 
kept all those and I put them all in the cases and and uh, the only thing that I was missing was a di- a single disc from uh, Legend of Dragoon. I, I think I was missing disc four somehow. I don't know what happened to it, and I, I just bought another copy. And yeah, uh, I was really fortunate in that I still had all the uh, Game Boy boxes as well that I had uh, considered. You know, I just flattened them out and put them in there with the other things and then you know when i was like oh this looks terrible i need to have these displayed nicely you know uh, i just popped them all back up and i actually had all the inserts and everything still and i put them all in those and you know i can't imagine having those games loose now they would look to me again like trash i've got one box here uh, that sits on top of one of my cases that's loose game boy and game boy advance games uh, a couple ds games that uh, I got for again like a nickel you know if I find something I want to play that's like literally under a dollar I'm gonna go ahead and buy it but then I, I don't really want to show that off or like even admit that I have it overtly because it's like to me it's like I don't I have just the the game itself which yeah whatever yeah I'm, I'm weird collectors are weird man <laughs> no you're not yeah um, you know, you, I, this is so weird. I was going to mention this as one of my questions. I was trying to work it in somewhere, and then you brought it up, which scares the shit out of me. But uh, Deja you. Vu. Yeah. Um, I, that, that's a game um, that I think if we polled 100 people on the street, no one's going to know about that game. Could you explain to us? Um, I played it. I love it. Just explain hmm. to everyone what Deja Vu is. Well, God, what was the name of the company, James? There was this company back in the day that made um, games of this nature. And the best way to describe it to a modern gamer is, uh, well, like the Telltale games, I guess. If you've ever played the modern Walking Dead games, the Game of Thrones, the... um, or Mist from back in the day. Yeah, if if you've played Mist, maybe it, it does play a bit like that. Um, Snatcher is you know my favorite game. Mm-hmm. It plays a lot like this. Um, excuse me, I have a slight cold. Um, basically, it's a point. They're point and click adventures, and I can't believe I'm blanking on the the manufacturer of the game because they made all total here in the states. They only made. Four five games i think something like that four or five and uh, the most famous one is shadowgate then you add the uninvited deja vu deja vu 2 and there may be one other i'm forgetting but um the other two that they made were more horror games than anything else and deja vu is more of a film noir game i think gosh uh L.A. Noir is set in like the 30s or 40s so is this it plays um much much the same as like uh, an old noir movie would where you're a ace detective in fact your name is ace harding and you're a private detective and you start the game you've uh you have no memory of who you are and then you have to collect items you know you go to different screens and you click on different imagery on the screen to be able to uh grab up items you have different Thing, text box things you know like 
pick up, use, um, push, pull, open, these type of commands that you can like click open and then click a door and it'll open the door. You can say like use gun on this guy and then you'll shoot that guy or whatever. And uh, they're very famous for you can kill yourself in a multitude of ways. Uh, I think in Deja Vu you can actually use the gun on self and it's like after much self-reflection you decide that the best outcome was to take your own life. And I mean it's just like oh you get these like really descriptive crazy narratives um and then the cool thing about that is even though you died it just starts you in the screen right before you die so you don't actually lose any progress and i don't know they're just really cool games they have a really unique feel um the only other game like it for the original nintendo is princess tomato and the salad kingdom it's not quite up to par it's still a good game that one was made by hudson um i can't <laughs> uh, is it mindscape or chemco yeah, Kimco. Uh, that sounds right, but there there was a name for the games, and I can't remember what they're called. Like uh, something. Active. Icom Simulations Incorporated as a developer. Yeah, they're, they're great. Um, yeah, they made really great stuff back in the day. They were I was all, I'm a big fan of this game. Oh my god, Deja Vu is amazing, right? Like and, I love the way this game starts out. Like how you're just waking up like in a bathroom, and you have no idea who you are, and exactly. you spend most of the game just trying to like investigate who you are and like people are coming after you and people are like coming up to you and you like see pictures of yourself in that hallway and you're like huh i must have yeah. been a boxer because he shows you like as a boxer and you're like oh and you're trying to learn about who you are and like that got me into watching like movies like the maltese falcons oh like sure that. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Like, and I, I that sold me it sold me to the genre not just like the video game mm-hmm and what, what another cool thing about it is like when you did finally go to like the cops at the end of the game if you if you had missed any part of the evidence you could still like win the game but be in trouble because of something else like you had to like not only like drug somebody but like take the all the evidence that could incriminate you in any way mm-hmm. and like throw it in a dumpster somewhere or something because if it was on you when you went to the cops then they would use that evidence against you and stuff just little details and then there was some stuff in there that like you could never get away with in a game today like there was a you find a lady in a trunk and it describes her as being like basically a whale you know it's just like <laughs> the worst like they really go in these overly descriptive things about everything because it is it is more of a visual novel you know you're reading the descriptions of things more than you, you're seeing now it is beautiful sprite work for the era but we're talking 8-bit but the the wording that they use for this stuff really paints a picture in your mind and yeah when you open this trunk and it's like a you see the fat lady or whatever it like goes overly descriptive about just how big she is and then you can like but she's unconscious and you can punch her and it like i remember like got me to giggling the way it described as like the the wave that's caused off your fist fails to uh quit moving until several seconds have passed or something and you know it's just like oh what is you can't write that kind of dialogue now and just the descriptive terms they use for the lady and stuff is it's really a sign of the times but in that particular puzzle you do have to find some like rohypnol or something and put it in a syringe and like shoot her in the butt and then like she tells the truth and you somehow wake her up or something and she'll 
tell you an address or something. Again, it's been 20-something years since I played it, but uh, I should go back and replay that. That's a great one. And unfortunately, I did have the opportunity to buy a box complete copy here at a shop about a year ago for nine bucks, and I turned it down because I already oh, have a copy, you know, and I was like, kick myself over it. And it's not like an overly expensive box complete, but still, that'd be nice to have. I have a Shadowgate box complete, and uh, that'd be nice to go right next to it. Uninvited is worth way too much to get box complete now. I'll just keep my loose copy. Thank you very much. But yeah, I was looking at, I'm glad to hear you say that you like Deja Vu, because in a future show, I was thinking uh, you and I could both buy the... Uh, the Game Boy port that has one and two because I'm like really anxious to play two and I never have and I don't know if you have either James but I think that would make a really great show I did buy the uh, Game Boy game uh, kind of a couple of years I wanted to play the original but I you know getting my Nintendo all set up I was like oh, let's see if I can find it in some other medium but I found it in Game Boy and I bought it and I have part one and part two on the same cartridge so oh wow yeah I'm going to have to find whenever that whenever you're ready I'm ready <laughs> and so you played through both excuse I haven't played through the second one yet. No, I played through oh, the first wow. one again. Okay. I loved it. Yeah, the first one. And then one I just kind of set it down. I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, God. God, I love some stuff I just about that. Go down memory lane. Yeah, the, the mugger that can randomly find you, and you can. It, it's cool because this mugger shows up. It's just a RNG thing where when you're walking around the streets, this mugger randomly will come up and say, hey, give me all your money. And you can either choose to give him. The $20 bill, because there's only one in the entirety of the game, and he'll leave you alone for the rest of the game. Or if you choose you want to keep that, because you can use it to buy some things later on, I think. Um, you can punch him, and if you punch him, he'll run off. But then the next time he'll come up, he'll have a black eye. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And you can punch him again, and he'll run off again. And then the next time he shows up, if you attempt to punch him, he'll shoot and kill you. So, <laughs> and just little things, little things like that, just make that game so great. It really all three of them, all the, I keep wanting to say Telltale, and that's just not right. But all three of those games for the Nintendo, like do yourself a favor. They're all relatively cheap. The Uninvited is actually kind of climbing up in price, unfortunately, but um, they're still all very worth playing. Just amazing games. So yeah, maybe. We should do an episode on just all all four of them or whatever at some point. I don't know because they're all relatively short. Um, yeah, yeah. No, they're good. They, they make you problem solve. So they're probably you know when I was first playing it at age nine or ten, you know that, that's too young. You got to be like in your teens so you can actually think well, about you know what, what the different items can do. Yeah, to help you progress through the game. I, I, I definitely played Shadowgate at eight, um, and. Mm. I, I managed to beat it through much trial and error, but you, you, you know, a lot of those games, like the puzzles don't make real sense in the original ones, you know, like there's a lot of silly stuff, like in Shadowgate, you know, you've got all these items, some of which are chafe, you know, they don't do anything. And all, all the games share that. There, there are some items that you can get that just, they don't have any function in the game. And in Shadowgate, there's one item that you actually have to use twice. Do you remember what item that was? No. Um, there's a there's an orb that you can get. That's it. Just says this is a freezing orb or whatever, and it it's a very icy magic orb. And there's this puzzle where you go to a lake, and there's this shark you see swimming around, and you have to throw the orb into the lake to freeze the lake to walk across to grab some kind of key behind a waterfall or something, and then you know you just walk out. You're like da 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 da, and you leave the orb sitting there or at least 95% of anyone I've ever talked to did this. And then you get to the end of the game, 
and you get to this bridge and it's just covered in fire and you're like man this is crap and you try every item that you've got so far and of course nothing works and you're thinking boy i really wish i had that orb back in the beginning that that might work to cool down the flames or whatever and eventually you do go back to that shark thing you're like well it says i can't pick up the orb because it's stuck in the ice and then you attempt to use your torch on the ice and it temporarily melts it you're able to pick it up and use it again and that's the only item in the game that you have to use multiple you know twice multiple times and it's unintuitive because up until that point everything else is a single use use this for this puzzle use that for that puzzle and so on um and and there's another little thing just while i'm thinking about that i loved about the original shadowgate there's this troll at a bridge you know you have to pay the troll toll if you want this little boy's soul um just kidding but yeah if you want to pass you have to pay the toll and uh instead of doing that you can find a sling and these rocks again they're behind that same waterfall that i was just talking about and you have like what five rocks i think total and you have to like hit him in the head with this rock and it'll knock him out and then you can go past well after so many minutes or actually i think it's determined on how many moves you make the troll gets back up and then when you go back to that same thing he'll say the same thing he's like hey you got to give me money and let me pass and then you can hit him with another rock well eventually you'll run out of rocks um but what you can do and i tried it as a kid and i was just like oh my god it worked you know because there's some again these games were all about exploration you know um when you knock him out and he's sitting there on the ground you can like there's a number of items you can use on him to just kill him outright there's like an axe or a spear or a sword and you just like cut off his head and it like describes like while the troll is knocked out you decide to remove his uh, head from his body or something and you're like holy shit you know and yeah really cool stuff man just again like if you have to emulate it emulate it but play those three games the uninvited deja vu uh and uh Shadowgate, they're all, they're great listeners. Yeah. Okay, sorry, went on a rant. No, I love it. I know our listeners love it too. So don't, oh, don't hope, apologize. <laughs> um, well, let's, let's let's see. Let's go on to the next question. Um, this is question two. So I'll be damned. Doing all right. <laughs> That's what's supposed to happen. You, I ask a question, it spurs additional things, so we're doing great. Yeah. Um, this one's kind of kind of similar to the first one, I guess. Let me try another one. How about this one? Um, is there a game that you think that you really like that no one else has ever heard of? Well, I mean, the obvious answer is Snatcher, although I've been doing my damnedest to let people mm-hmm. know about Snatcher. Um, there are some others, though. Rather than, like, keep, like, saying, hey, guys, play fucking Snatcher, play fucking Snatcher, because at this point I've made almost everyone I know that will listen to at least watch a let's play of it for 30 minutes or something you know um another good one and it plays a a lot like snatcher and and my answer is probably going to be a lot of these actually because i really enjoy the point and click adventures you know like we were just talking about and uh, the ones from the nintendo are real well known for the most part like every nintendo collector player really knows about those three games um there's one for the Sega CD that's really cheap if you have a Sega CD or just, again, you can emulate it. It's called Rise of the Dragon, and it comes from um, Sierra, who made a lot of these games back in the day that were uh, point-and-click adventures. Uh, it's really great. You play the part of Blade Hunter in a uh, kind of dystopian future uh, akin to Snatcher, and uh, there's this guy that's trying to awaken this ancient evil Bahumut, and... Um, He's drugging the water and doing all this stuff, and you're hired to find this girl named Chandra, 
who is uh, like this senator's daughter or something. Again, it's been a while since I played it, but it's it's pretty good. It's not as good as Snatcher, but it's it's very playable. Um, there's a great game for the PlayStation and the Sega Saturn that's um, I've mentioned before in Discord called Blazing Dragons, where you play the it plays the part in this like fairy tale world where you play the part of a dragon. No shit, you like that game too. I love that game. Love that game. And Thank God. Yeah. So much. So so good. Like, and yeah, you. Uh, it's so funny too. I mean, that's a big part of the game. Is it's humor. Is it's humor, right? You've got the bad guys voiced by like Cheech Marin. I think uh, one of the, um, and I may be wrong on this, but one of the alumni from Monty Python, I think, does a couple of voices as well. Hmm. There's. Um, there's an ant that's very obviously trying. It's not actually voiced by, but it sounds like an, a John Travolta, you know, sound alike stuff. And there, there's a lot of jokes in that game. Um, man, just tremendous writing. Uh, real, really funny, good puzzles in it throughout. Um, if you've played the Discworld games, which are a little more well known, it plays a lot like the Discworld games. Uh, I think here we only got one and two. Uh, Discworld 1, Discworld 2, Morality Bites, and then I think there is a third one called Discworld Noir that will only appeared in England, and I haven't played uh, haven't played that one, but those are also great. All, all, all those point-and-click adventures, I did a show over um, uh, Silverload, which is a game that takes, it's like a western that's also a point-and-click adventure that takes place, you know, in the like 17, well, probably early 1800s, and uh, yeah, it's it's really good. You know, it has to do with vampires and werewolves in an old west environment and stuff like that. And it was really really cool. So yeah, all these old point and click adventures, I'm a big big fan of. As far as like RPGs, which is kind of my bread and butter as well, that no one has heard of or that very few have heard of, because RPG is a different animal, right, James? It's like once you really get mm-hmm. bit by the RPG bug, you start really seeking out other RPGs and so most people at this point have played everything that's considered to be good as far as RPGs are concerned um, like the Super Nintendo yeah. had a plethora of RPGs and of the ones that are quote unquote obscure the best one is probably Paladin's Quest or Paladin's Quest and we did a show on that on the RPG show very early on in which I guested uh, that one's a really good it's kind of a Dragon Warrior clone but it, it's not exactly it it plays a lot like a dragon warrior but um good storyline for the most part the color could have been better it does a lot of pastels and stuff which are kind of weird but uh really good game uh seventh saga is another really good game for the super nintendo that's kind of obscure um sega saturn has a bunch of games that are obscure you and i the very first episode we did um gosh what was the name of that game james Dragon Force. Thank you. Of course it was Dragon Force. Through the Fire and Flames and all that. Um, that's a really great game. That's tremendous. It had uh, Shining of the Holy Ark. Um, Shining Force 3, which I own but have yet to play. Uh, oh, we should do a show on that one one day. Then. Do you have a Shining okay. Force 3 copy? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Box complete. I bought that whenever. Brand new. 20 nice. years ago. Nice. Yeah, and it, I, I need to play through that at some point. Uh yeah, and then like Albert Odyssey, which I haven't played, but I understand it's very, very good. Um, yeah, good, it's long. It's there, good. There's so many. Popful Mail for the Sega CD is a really great, somewhat obscure like RPG platformer. 
um, Gemfire for the Super Nintendo, Nintendo, Sega Genesis. Um, that's one that plays, it's a Koei, I think it's a Koei, uh, game that plays a lot like uh, your Genghis Khan or your Nobunaga's Ambition, but in place of like realistic battles, or not battles, but time periods, where a lot of time Koei makes these games where they'll play in like feudal Japan, you know, during the reign of Temujin, or they'll play in like, uh, in the case of Genghis Khan, you know, like during, uh, again with Genghis Khan and then you can play as like Richard the Lionhearted and all this different stuff um, or Life and Death where you're, or not Life and Death Liberty or Death where you can play during the American Revolution and you know your generals or Washington and etc um, Jim Fire plays in a fantasy land where you play as one of I believe six maybe it's just five but like princes or princesses and you're trying to defend your land and each one has a um, a gem or a crown of this very special crown. I think there's five gems in the crown itself, and you're trying to reunite, reunite all the gems to the crown, and in so doing, or, or to do able to be, to be able to do that, you have to to defeat the other nations and take their gem from them and um once you reunite all the gems to the crown you win the game well the that sounds like pretty cliche or whatever but in this game um you have four different units you have two different knight units which can move three spaces and build fences i think and then you have like your foot soldiers no the knights can move three spaces the foot soldiers can move two spaces but build a fence to like block people in or at least they'll have to use a turn to be able to break the fence down and then you have your archers which can move two spaces but shoot three spaces and then you have what's known as a fifth unit and the fifth unit in this game can be anything from hired mercenaries and there's literal like 20 or 30 different probably closer to 30 maybe even 40 different types of monsters that you can hire you can hire like a group of skeletons or uh, a bugbear or a giant troll or a cyclops or all these different things they all have different like pros and cons that you can use as your fifth unit well you also instead of being able to hire you can summon a monster from any one of the five gems or the crown the crown will summon a dragon and then the five gems each summon a named sorcerer that has different abilities based on like one is wind one is death one is lightning etc you know what i mean and just a really cool spin on that and i i used to just spend retarded amounts of time playing this game i remember showing up in ninth grade uh, psychology class because that was my first period several times and just sleep through that because i'd been playing gym fire all night the night before oh excuse me i gotta blow my nose <sighs> <sighs> Well, I teach psychology, so I take offense to that. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I didn't know you taught psychology. Um, yeah, the the teacher that taught our psychology class, he was like a psychology teacher slash politician. Um, he was actually a local politician. I forget exactly what he did in that, but that would like that took up a lot more of his time than actual teaching. Teaching was just like collecting yeah, a check for him. <laughs> so a lot of times he would be there, but he would be working on stuff for, you know, his other quote unquote job. Uh, and yeah, so it was a fuck off class at best. In fact, I remember taking tests and he would be like, okay, well here are the answers on the board. 
please uh, only fill in the amount that you would have to do to to get what you think you would make in this class. And he had like, oh, God. he had like, okay, to get an eighty, you you miss three, and that's a B to get, you know, and so on and so forth. He had a little grid on the thing, and like, of course, everyone's like, well, I would get an A plus, you know. So yeah, which may have been a a uh, test in psychology in and of itself. I, I seriously yeah. doubt it, but yeah. <laughs> He's still Probably teaching. All, you guys are all part of a big experiment. Yeah. Yep, JB, he was a good dude. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, let me ask you a question. Okay. Um, not to cut you off. Um, have you ever played Dungeons & Dragons Warriors of the Eternal Sun? Hmm. Mm-hmm. A couple minutes think? of. I, I didn't care minutes. for it. Um, it plays a lot like um, Eye of the Beholder, uh, which is another game from that era that's on like the Super Nintendo PC. I believe it also did appear on Genesis and even the Game Boy or Game Boy Color one or the other. And it's on Sega CD. I have it for Sega CD as well. Um, those type of games, I don't know. I, I never really got into them big time. Uh, I can see the appeal of them. Like I'm not big personally on dungeon crawlers. That's because you have to like map everything out and like everything looks the same and you have to like okay how many times did i turn Uh, a lot of the early ones didn't have maps at all you had to draw them as you went as you mentioned earlier with graph paper and stuff like that and that's just a little too much gaming for blaine J. I uh I never got into wizardry or even like the original fantasy star i love that game but after a while the dungeon crawling becomes so offensive that i can't really play anymore same goes for like shining in the darkness for the sega genesis which is one of the you know it's one of the shining games of course i'm going to try and play it but the dungeon crawling aspect of it just kills it for me and uh i didn't play much of warriors of the eternal sun uh but based off the profiles and everything else i was like okay this is going to be another dungeon crawler just like eye the beholder so was i right Damn. Yeah. Um. Sorry, <laughs> you cut out there for a second. Oh. Sorry. Um. This game, yeah, it came out for Sega Genesis, and I own a Sega Genesis. I didn't have a Super Nintendo, and I liked RPGs. So this sure. was, you know, whatever any role-playing game that came out for it, you know, I clamored to. <laughs> uh, I did, did read this one a couple times. Um, I enjoyed it, and then my rental store went out of business, so I picked it up for I don't know five bucks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And. Uh, kind of really forced myself to play it. I, I did get into it. There's a lot of good things about this game. Um, a lot of innovative things. Then there's a lot that's just like, nah. Yeah. Nah. I, I don't know. Um, I mean, I've heard good things about it. I uh, I don't know. When it comes to Sega C or not Sega CD, Sega Genesis and RPGs, it was always Shining Force, Shining Force 2, um, Fantasy Star, mainly 4. You know, it had 2 and 3, but mainly four was the one i wanted to play and then later on i discovered uh shadow run which is in fucking incredible i love shadow run for the sega genesis um mm-hmm. and then crusader of Sinti, which is like a real uh like zelda clone in, in a lot of ways and then you've got your what land stalker uh exile um god was the one that something of it's a blue cartridge now i can't think of it if i look over here maybe i can see it nope (laughs) yeah but like everyone always thinks that like 
the Sega Genesis doesn't have as many RPGs as the Super Nintendo, and I would say that they're pretty close to on par. Now, quality-wise, maybe not, you know. Uh, but, yes, Sega Genesis... Oh, if we were to come out with, like, the top ten RPG games for that era between Genesis and Super Nintendo, at least eight out of ten would probably come from the Super Nintendo. Yeah, uh, may- maybe, yeah. maybe. Maybe. Well, maybe the majority. I'd say I mean, easy majority. Probably, the, I'd say probably seven out of ten, just thinking about it. Final yeah, Fantasy, maybe, both maybe, of them. Maybe, maybe. Trigger. Um... And then uh, so the game I couldn't think of was Sorcerer's Kingdom. Um, mm. And then you've got things like the Fairy Tale Adventure, which I recommend just unless you're just looking for like the hardest challenge of any game you've ever played, just stay stay the hell away from that. I mean, that is like beyond levels. I've never heard of anyone beating it. I've never really researched either whether or not anyone's beat it, but. Uh, it is ridiculous. You know the premise of that one at all, James? I have not played that one. Okay, well, from what I remember of it, uh, you start the game, you play as like this one guy, and like it doesn't really say anything about it. You're just this dude, and you go around collecting stuff, overhead view, whatever, whatever. And then if he dies, you start as this other guy. And then you can play and do whatever. Hmm. And if he dies, you play as this other guy. And if he dies, it's game over. And they all have different shirts. It's like red, green, and blue shirt or whatever. And I was like, all right, well, this game is weird. Because I played it for a good hour or so and was like, all right. And then I died. And I was like, oh, now I've got a red shirt. That's weird. And uh, I quit shortly after that. But I looked it up. And the deal is it's the, the tale of these three brothers. And you have to do so much in the game as each brother and then get to a point without dying and you can keep playing but you can't win if any of the brothers die makes sense so, but it doesn't tell you that if you just have the cart so yeah it plays a lot like the old ultima games for the super nintendo like if you've ever played ultima black gate or uh, uh quest for the avatar it plays a lot like that and yeah, I can't recommend that one. Um, but the Genesis, God, just just based off of Shadowrun alone, the version of it, I love that game so much. And that's a that's a slow burn. Like you'll be playing Shadowrun for a good two hours and be like, I don't know, Blaine. This is kind of just like back and forth. I'm just like getting a job, doing the job, making some money, getting a job, doing the job, making money. And it is that for a long time. But then after a while, it really opens up and it turns into this really great narrative and. You really start having a lot of fun with it, and it, it becomes really cool. Uh, love the fuck love that game. Love that game so much. Um, and, of course, that p- takes place in, like, your standard Shadowrun type of dystopian cyberpunk future in uh, Seattle, like, in 2040 or whatever. So good, so good. I mean, the Super Nintendo version by Data East is completely different, also just called you know shadow run and it's also incredibly good like both games are incredibly good but of the two i prefer the genesis um yeah man maybe that's obscure maybe that could go back to the uh, obscure games no one's heard of like those two games are tremendously good rpgs that uh they may take you a minute to get into especially graphically they don't look great but once you get used to the kind of shoddy graphics and you get used to like the gameplay of the games and stuff they're so fucking good anywho we'll 
We'll have to play that one on the show because I, I think I, I'm just looking at some pictures of it and I'm, I'm sure I've rented it, but I don't think I've gotten far enough into it to make a call whether or not I like it or not, but it looks good. No, they're so good. So good. <coughs> Excuse me. No, you're fine. Yeah. Um, let me talk, ask about another game that you brought up that I want to. Um, I just had an experience with this morning while sure. um, dropping a deuce, actually. <laughs> um, if you ever watched the SNES Drunk, um, his videos are magnificent. No. Uh, they're usually about five or six minutes, just long enough for you to take care of your business. But uh, he was talking about Seventh Saga. Oh yeah. Uh, this morning, and that game, he's he was kind of on the fence as to whether or not he liked it. He said that that's a extremely difficult game. Is, uh, do you if you have the same feelings about it? I absolutely do. Yeah, that's um, that's a game I loved as a kid. And mind you, I've never beat the game. I did have a quest as a kid that was close to I think a hundred hours, and I still hadn't beaten the game. Uh, very high difficulty game very unique too in that I think there's when you start the game there's what like eight warriors or something and each brings different skills to the table there's like a, an alien Sounds right. and there's a robot Lux he's my favorite um, there's like a guy that's basically like a warrior he's in blue there's a healer a magician a devil all these different you know characters and you can choose whichever one you want to start the game and then as you're playing you run into the other characters you're all on a quest to get these uh runes i think it is and you can invite one of the other guys when you run into them after having beaten them i think to joining your party uh keep in mind only one you can't get everyone to join you but uh one of the guys will join you and like the classic combinations are like the blue guy and the healer or like go all damage with like the alien and the devil or something like that and there's different you know if you look up online like what's the best combinations for the game they have like certain strategies that they follow i really like lux the robot because when he walks around he makes this like clunk 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 sound and i just i think it's cool he's got really high defense and stuff um it's a neat game. It it looks pretty good for a Super Nintendo game. We're not talking about like Final Fantasy level graphics, but it, it looks pretty good. The thing is, it just takes so long, and it's just really fucking grindy. And just as soon as you beat an area, you get sent to another area that's like you were like OP in the last area, but in this new area, you're like way underpowered. Like you'll probably die the first enemy encounter that you come into on a lot of areas and stuff like that. It's just like mind blowingly hard. So if you're, you know, if you're a uh, paralyzed from the waist down and you've got all the time in the world and you love RPGs, this is the game for you. If you're, you know, uh, nearing 40 and you've got a three year old toddler and uh, a job that constantly is pushing you to work tremendous amounts of overtime, uh, you're probably not going to revisit the Seventh Saga, or at least not for very long. I tried to replay it. It's been about God, seven years ago. It was right before I met my wife. And I got uh, to the Ice Island, to any listener that's listening, that's like, oh, I know that, where it's got like those living swords and stuff that are pretty cool because there's this enemy that's like a living sword but if you kill it it will randomly drop like a sword and you can get some pretty good swords that way um yeah tough game good game uh, again i think it's an enix one of their earlier games uh i'd recommend it only to the hardest core rpg fans you know and guys with a lot of time on their hands yeah if you're just looking for something a little more 
30 hours, but easy to play-ish, I would go with, again, another Enix game, I believe, uh, Robotrek. That's a really great Super Nintendo RPG that uh, looks a lot like uh, Earthbound in its like colors and like very like anime, cartoony type chibi style. Really great game. Relatively cheap. I think you still get it for under $50 for the Super Nintendo and a really great time. Yeah, so. Hmm. Well, let me ask you this. You kind of uh, started to get into it, but um, let's just say you're coming home from work, everyone's asleep, you want to just veg out and play something for a little while. Mm -hmm. What are you playing? I mean, it depends on day-to-day. A lot of the time, you know, I get off work. For me, I work a lot, and the the hours vary the last seven, eight years that I've been with the, the company I'm with. Um, sometimes I won't get home till two in the morning. The other night I got home, it was four thirty in the morning AM. And what did I play? Cause I, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not one of these type of people that gets home and I'm just like, well, I'm going to go to sleep. You know, I got to kind of wind down, you know, maybe have a beer or two, whatever. And yeah, I, I typically play nowadays and it's kind of weird cause used to, I'd play them and I'd play them a lot, but with friends and now I play them like I'll go, oh, what what can I play for 20 minutes and just kind of unwind? I play a lot of fighting games. So your Street Fighter 2, your Street Fighter 3, 4, Alphas, all that stuff. I, I love all those. Not so much Mortal Kombat. Never really got into that series a lot. I, I do own them to a point. Uh, I like them, but not nearly as much as Street Fighter. I like the Tekkens, um, uh, the Marvel versus games. Absolutely love those. Um, here lately, I've been playing a lot of video poker. <laughs> I've got, uh, for PlayStation 2, I've got World Series of Poker Tour. And uh, on a whim, about two weeks ago, I popped it in. And uh, I'm just sitting there playing, and I'm like, gosh, you know, unbeknownst to a lot of you listeners, I used to play poker to supplement my income for a number of years. And uh, when it turned into when I got to the point where it was like either I could quit my job and play poker full time or I could play or yeah, one or the other. Um, it was like, well, because of the variance regarding that poker brings, you know, uh, you've got your highs and lows, you know, I was like, well, some months I make twice the amount of money to be able to pay all my bills playing poker. And some months I'm down and I'm not able cover bills so how would that work so it was just taking up so such a amount of my time because i'd work an eight hour shift and then i'd play eight hours of poker on typically back in the day i would play online i would play eight screens of poker at once which is actually it sounds like oh if you don't play poker it sounds impressive i'm playing eight games at once that's actually relatively low most of the greats play you know like 15 20 screens at a time or whatever um and I would play eight screens of poker at a time and, and make my money that way. And I hadn't played video poker in uh, 10 or 15 years. And uh, I popped it in. And I've just been playing a lot of poker on this PS2 game and having a lot of fun with that. Uh, so, yeah, games that I can play, you know, I can go on that game, on that poker game, and I can play... 10 hands of poker in a small tournament, a six man tournament or something and, uh, get in and out. You know, that's mainly what I'm looking for. These games that I can play quickly, you know, and the reason I, I went to video poker is because you and I were playing Codename Veronica and I was playing it on the PS2. So I have that hooked up and I was like, well, what can I play on the PS2? That'd be quick. And, uh, in the future, you know, in the past when I was collecting, I was going to look for games that, uh, 
had a lot of replay value you rpgs and stuff so like i virtually have almost every rpg produced from the ps3 back like i I just buying them all up i've got quite a few of those but what i'm missing is a lot of these fighting games and a lot of these really great short games and stuff and that's something i'm going to be looking for a lot more as i uh, like it i'm going to be going to bitcon you know this month later this month and uh, that's going to be at the top of my list of these type of games that can be played in short spurts because that's really all the time i have anymore what about you james what are you playing Sorry, you cut out there. I said, what are you playing? Oh, um, no, right now, this uh, store just closed down recently, and uh, for the first time I'm playing all those old um, Modern Warfares and Black Ops and those things, which I'm usually not into. Yeah. Um, and I don't play online, but I, this story, you know, I'll, I'll mess around, like, 15, 20 minutes, that's about all I can take, and then I'll get into something else that I, you know, I've been working on, like, you know, back to Co-Veronica or back to something else. Mm-hmm. Um, something like that, usually, just mindless, mindless game. Um, For sure. Kind of, my, I think my last question I want to ask you, actually, this kind of ties into a lot of things we've been talking about, psychology and video games. Um, I want you to comment on it. I, I want to write a paper uh, one of these days, that talks about like the therapeutic aspects of video games. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, like many times throughout my life, when I don't know things have happened, broken up with a girlfriend or mm-hmm. you know something, and I always felt that like you know getting a new game, just kind of stepping out of reality into that world, has really you know helped me kind of get through different problems. You know, just to kind of keep sure. my mind preoccupied. So and instead of you know digesting the problem all at once you know i was able to you know kind of go through it little bits at a time mm-hmm. little, little bits at a time um have you had a similar situation or experience <laughs> where you know video games actually you know came oh, to your man. aid and helped you just kind of <laughs> escape for a while not yeah not just a few actually um the first and foremost being you know i Gosh, when I was a young man, I, I dated this girl. She was a couple years younger than I was. Um, gorgeous girl. You know, I was I was really uh, out of my league on that one. I was doing the Timothy McVeigh on that one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> in the cave? Yeah, I was living in the cave, and I was dating a girl. Actually, she was... I was poor white trash, effectively, and she was um, beyond rich. I won't... I don't want to like people to figure out who it was I was dating, but her father once appeared on the cover of Forbes along with uh, some other people. But there was, yeah, her, it was him and uh, three other gentlemen that were also CEOs and top companies. So multimillionaire, this girl, right? And we dated for uh, four and a half years or so. And I thought I was completely in love and everything like that. Looking back, I realized I really liked having sex with her. Um, <laughs> it wasn't so much love as it was. She was really hot and I really enjoyed having sex with her. But at the time, um, she broke up with me to go out this other dude or whatever, you know, and we'd been together for four and a half years. And not only did games save me from like completely breaking down and turning into this either you know no telling where i would have went i could have got real dark and killed myself i was that depressed you know i mean 
that that's where I went. Um, but it also caused me to never play a certain game again. I think I could probably play it now and not have a problem. But the funny thing was, I was playing a game for the PlayStation One called Alundra. Have you ever played that? No, I don't think so. It's a it's an RPG. It's by. Uh, working designs actually same guys that made lunar and lunar 2 they they produced the original alundra i think there is an alundra 2 but it's like completely different and it was it was made by a different that company. sounds familiar is it, is it like an action game sorry yeah it plays it plays a lot like zelda yeah okay yeah, maybe i have played it it's a great game and i was about i don't know two-thirds of the way through or something when this girl broke up with me and uh I was playing the game when she broke up with me. Um, so I somehow likened that game to that incident and just quit playing it and haven't played it since, you know? Um, I, again, I think I could now it's been God damn near 20 years, but, um, at the time it was really devastating. And shortly thereafter, I got into final fantasy 11 online and I mean, I got into Final Fantasy XI online. I uh, shortly after that, I had my own business um, while we were together. Uh, shortly after that, due to other circumstances, not because of her, it failed. Um, and then I lived off savings for about a six-month period, and all I did was play Final Fantasy online. And you know, I was dating this girl, and another girl. I I got another girl within a few months, but. Uh, or weeks actually but it was completely unfair to her because my heart wasn't in it you know looking back like i really should have spent more time with her because she was a great girl um but i you know didn't give her really much of a chance because i was heartbroken over this other girl and i really was just playing final fantasy all the time and only like stopped to like maybe go eat dinner with her and do our business and then go back to Final Fantasy. <laughs> but if it hadn't been for both her and Final Fantasy XI, uh, I don't know, I would have probably broke down. And there have been other instances where I've thrown myself into games because I've been particularly uh, depressed over one thing or another. I've all, you know, not to get too too into it, but I've suffered from depression for a long time, you know. And uh, video games have always been something that picks me up that gets me out of that feeling of funk you know it's like my my life sucks right now you know uh, but in this world i'm not me i'm the warrior trying to save the princess or i'm uh, you know marty mcfly traveling through time yeah. or whatever it is you know and and for those moments of time i'm able to deal because i'm not having to deal with my bullshit you know and if it wasn't yeah. for video games and you know you can say this about almost anything you know reading a good book you know you become you know to steal a line from uh uh the never-ending story you know uh you become nemo and you're you know twenty thousand leagues under the sea or whatever but uh, it's only momentary, but during that period, you, uh, you're not thinking about all the bullshit that's causing you to be so depressed or whatever. So yeah, video games, which can be healthy for some people. I mean, oh, yeah, taking sure. on a, that complex of a depressing problem all at once can be you know detrimental, but mm -hmm. at least, you know, escaping for moments here and there and letting it, you know, letting you handle the problem when you're ready yeah um, or at least in bits and pieces as opposed to all at once i think i think it's healthy 
Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. And, and and on the flip side, another thing that I do frequently is, you know, I'll be feeling kind of down or like, what is it that I'm, you know, not not as much lately ever since I had a kid. Like, she's the focus of my life. But in the past, like, sometimes I would think, why am I even bothering, you know, to work? You know, it's like, like... I never get ahead. I never get these things that I want out of life. You know, you see these people that are born into money and they just lazadaisically just kind of float through life and they do whatever the fuck they want and they have the best time. And it's like, well, what am I doing here? You know, I'm working a nine to five or in most cases like a, a nine to question mark and I'm doing it all the time. And like, I really don't have a lot to show for it. Well, for me, you know, I've been collecting games forever and slowly my collections got bigger and bigger and bigger and now it's to the point where it's it's a pretty, you know, respectable collection, you know. And I'll come in my room and, you know, I start having these feelings of, you know, what do I do this for? And again, not lately, but um and I look around and I'll go, Well, this is what I'm doing it for, you know. It's like I've got this room full of all these stories, all these things that I love, you know, regarding RPGs and stuff especially. And then, you know, all these distractions, you know, this is why I work as much as I do and stuff. I can come to into this and and uh, get away from everything when I get home, you know, and not be dwelling on whatever it was that bothered me at work today or whomever it was, you know. So, yeah, video games have really psychologically helped me in that regard, I would say. Yeah. Oh, good. Good, good, good. Well, that's a, that's an hour, man. Hmm. That's, that's a show, I think. Uh, wow. Yeah, yeah. We, great, great. Yeah, I've only got, I only went through three questions. That's it. <laughs> three official like questions, but that's that's what we were supposed to do is just let it let it go, and yeah, we did. And I hope everyone's gonna like this show. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a bit different, but I, I think I think everyone's gonna like it, James. You want to tell everyone? Games, though, you know, everyone got to hear about Deja Vu and a little bit about you know, Dungeons and Dragons, Where's the Eternal Sun, Saga Seven. I mean. Yeah, we Seven touched, Saga, excuse me. Yeah. Wow, um, touched so, on a lot of stuff. Yeah, good episode, man. They always are. Did you want to attempt to do a video games movie after this? Um, I don't know. I haven't watched Mortal Kombat yet, so okay. I, I, I started it. Watch. I started it last night, and whoo! Yep, it's back on Netflix. It's so. been too long. It is back on no. Netflix, so you can watch it. It is there. back on there? It is, as of yesterday, I think, yeah. So I started watching I it. I bought the fucker on Amazon recently, and now I could have got it for free. <laughs> for free. <laughs> you paid money for it? Oh, it's it's not as good as I remember, but it's not it's not terrible. Anyway, so if any okay. of you are wanting to find James, how would they go about finding you? Ah, Best way to find me, <clears throat> go to Twitter, uh, Jmail Holland, or uh, email me at goodbuddyjames at gmail.com. Um, we also have the website, of course, uh, retrogamingcore, C-O-R-P-S dot com. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are both found there. Yeah, retrogamecore.com. Um, you can find me on Twitter at uh, gosh, what am I? Retro Kel. That's K H E L. You can aim, email me at Simon Belmont at Outlook.com. Be sure to listen to the show that we kind of piggyback on called the, uh, God, what is it called? 
the RPG podcast. I always get the RPG show and the uh, retro RPG podcast mixed up, but it's called the Retro RPG Podcast with Derek and Don. They haven't put out anything in a couple of months, but when they do, it's really quality content. Their stuff is evergreen. You can go on there and listen to stuff yes. about Earthbound, Chrono Trigger. You know. Legends. Legends. Yeah, they've been around forever. They've been doing this stuff for, it's it's really getting close to 10 years. Kind of ridiculous. Definitely check out our friends at the RPG show. As I said, uh, Brent and Nick, they they do a lot of great shows too. Again, you can listen to shows on Final Fantasy VII. I've done a couple of shows with them, most recently Snatcher. You should definitely check out... Um, their most recent episode that they put out interview is an interview that I did with a voice actor from the game snatcher. In fact, the voice actor from the game snatcher, he plays the main character, Gillian seed, really cool stuff. I never thought I would ever get to, uh, to talk with him. It was, it was so surreal. I can only liken it to, you know, I, my biological father, I hadn't talked to for years and years and years growing up. You know, my mom kind of separated me from him and stuff, and it was a whole big debacle. And then when I finally talked to him on the phone, it was really weird because I'm talking to this guy and I recognized his voice, but I couldn't quite place it, even though I knew I could place it. And it was the same thing with Jeff. Mm. I'm talking to Jeff, and it's like, it instantly was bringing me nostalgia to this game that I played infinite when I was a kid and I still play it but um but he was wasn't saying lines from the game it was like he was saying all new stuff but it's like but that's Gillian Seed talking it was kind of tripping me out so really really cool to be able to talk to him and yeah check out our friends at uh well Taryn Lightning who unfortunately we missed doing a show with but they they do great stuff um on the Retro RPG Roundup, and our friend Mike King and the gang over there at uh, Playing With Power. Playing Power. Yeah, they do great stuff. And I think I'm probably forgetting like eight guys, but I'm just, bleh, I'm done. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. If you got it this far, I'm sorry. It may come across I'm slightly uh, sick, and I have been drinking throughout this whole podcast, so maybe I'm getting a little buzzed as well. Uh, thanks, James, for thinking of something to do on the last minute. It's, uh, I think it turned out really great. We had a really good podcast here. Yeah, this is good. All right, guys. So until next time, keep it retro. Keep it retro.